When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Tal Wilkenfeld and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Martin Popoff back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We're part of the vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. A lot, a lot of my buddies are on uh, are on the uh, the network now as well. It's very cool to see a lot of great shows. Um, but uh, yes, and uh, forty other podcast platforms: Spotify, iTunes, etc., Megaphone. Um, anyways. Um, this is episode 103. I'm going to be calling this the start of punk in Canada. A nice formal title. I didn't want to use the word early or original. Um, Bill's words, I want to I want to mention, I almost went with um, the one-off bands uh, today, and I started researching that. I think that one's still going to happen. Um, but uh, but thank you for that, and a lot of great examples of that. Um, these are albums with uh, that only made one album, um, or bands that only made one album. I, I want to make it part of our world, depending, you know, um, there's various things to talk about there, but I almost went with that today. Also today, I also went with something where um, there would, would have been this combination of punk and grunge in Canada. Um, there's some later bands I want to talk about that I'm horrified that I've never talked about yet on this show, um, but we'll sort out that uh, that show as well. But um, this is something uh, that is a straight, nice and pure, uh, you know, history in five songs type topic because it, it is literally the history of punk in Canada. Um, as we saw it as metalheads, actually, and um, and that's why I thought this also would make sense here, because I think, you know, given given the audience, uh, you know, what you guys like and what I like are kind of the same sort of things. And uh, and knowing that. You know, I was 14 in 1977. Uh, it had to be heavy or nothing. We loved anything heavy. We hated everything not heavy. So when punk came around, you'll notice there's also an earlier episode called uh, Punk for Metalheads, where I talk about, you know, the, the best heavy stuff that came out of punk. Uh, but we liked, we liked um, you know, and me and my buddies, uh, you know, punk... Punk was good when it was heavy kind of thing. Put it that way. Um, so, so this is an interesting episode because, um, you know... I'm from Canada, and when you're from Canada, you tend to put down your own country, and you tend to put down the music from your own country. I think that, you know, that's that's sort of a inferiority complex that I think a lot of countries have about their own music. Um, but uh, but punk in Canada has a particularly not very good history. Um, I remember as kids, uh, you know, we were kind of embarrassed how there wasn't much heavy stuff coming out of Canada. Put it that way. Um, and and you know Canada I think was a little late to the scene um you know we don't have 
we don't have in Canada, whether whether we're talking about the big cities of uh, biggest being Toronto, you know, second biggest being Montreal, Vancouver. Um, you know, we don't have a history of punk that uh, properly goes to, say, 76. I mean, granted, almost nobody does, really. Um, you know, the UK definitely does, but not not records, right? Um, but punk was going in 76 already there. And, you know, of course, you had the Ramones. Um the dictators, you know, you could go back to the dolls or whatever. So New York had a, had a nascent scene, but I guess it's not, I guess it's not a big faulty, faulty, faulty fault thing uh, that, that Canada has nothing older than 1977, but we really don't have much in 1977 either. Um, so this history of punk, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to talk about the heavy stuff again. Um, because this is the way we received it, and this is the stuff I think has the most use uh, to to us here. Um, so, anyways, let's let's play the first one, and we'll kick this thing off. This is the diodes with behind those eyes. All right, so this is really the crowning example of the best good quality heavy punk album uh, that Canada had in 1977. It's the only example, I think. Um, so the Diodes, this is a self-titled album. Uh, they got signed to uh, CBS, but this is a CBS Canada thing. I don't think this came out in the States. Produced by Bob Gallo, kind of a Canadian scenester guy. Um, so essentially, this is a record that has 12 tracks on it. Um, really crushingly well recorded, as you hear there. Um, you know, I can see Paul Robinson's vocals being that sort of bratty punk quality that a lot of people don't like his vocals. I know we, that was probably the one shortcoming um, of us as kids receiving this album, getting as getting it as a new release. And it's funny, um, it reminds me a little bit of the way we didn't like um, Joey Ramone's vocals and Ramone's kind of had that, you know, that ceiling of how great we're going to love the Ramone's uh, based on the vocals. Um, and this is a little bit that way, but, uh, but we, you know, we love this album because it is, it is more or less crunchy, hard rock, heavy metal riffs, um, throughout, you know, a little, a little poppy of course. Um, but it's, it's proper heavy punk rock, the diodes. Unfortunately, um, like like almost everybody from Canada or or a lot of punk albums, you know, frankly, from a lot of scenes, um, the Diodes uh, quickly abandoned this pr uh, position. They had two more studio albums and they were both kind of more arty, new wave, pop punk um, albums. So they're, they're only heavy album. It's a little bit like the Boomtown Rat story, right? Uh, so this is their only heavy album, but I, I can, I can absolutely recommend it as a pretty heavy punk album. Uh, the Diodes, um, definitely a, a cool one. Got all my stuff signed by them. They actually did a reunion gig in Toronto, um, like a free, free gig down in Dundas Square, which is our sort of Times Square uh, here in Toronto. Um, so got those signed, uh, which is cool. Yeah. They had released and I can't remember what the other one was called. Um, but the first one's great, uh, a self title. Okay. So that's 1977. Um, the only other band to talk about here really in terms of 1977 is the vile tones, uh, led by the notorious Steve Leckie. I want to read you a little something from, um, 
from the wiki page on uh, on vile tones and this kind of kind of gives you the whole lay of the land for these guys the vile tones are one of the first generation punk rock bands from toronto ontario canada Stephen lecky founded the band and footage of the band can be found in the official vile tones website they appeared on the front cover of various magazines including lecky on the front cover of record week and fanfare now this is kind of key from July 7th to the 10th, 1977, the group joined the Diodes and Teenage Head at the New York Punk Club CBGB at a showcase featuring three outrageous punk bands from Toronto, Canada, in quotes. The rock critic Lester Bangs described the show in April 29th, 1981. That's one day after my uh, birthday. Uh, article for The Village Voice. This guy, Nazi Dog, so that was Steve Leckie's sort of stage name. He called himself Nazi Dog. Hung from the rafters, rafters crawled all over the stage and hurled himself on the first row until his body was one huge sore. Uh, the concert was spoofed in an early episode of the television comedy SCTV, where comedian Rick Moranis, as newscaster David Brinkley, looking a little rough, reviews a Vile Tones concert. So let's play this. This is the Vile Tones with Rebel. Take a listen. All right, so I wanted to play Rebel here because their most famous song is Screaming Fist. Um, so Rebel is on the Screaming Fist single that came out. Um, I, I guess it must have come out as 7-inch. I don't know because my, my distinct memory of this is at Little John's Drugstore in the basement. Um, I got there. Uh, Canada had this 12-inch um, this EP label. I can't remember what they were called, but but this black label, black with silver writing, and that's how I got the Vile Tones Screaming Fist single. Screaming Fist is is definitely a big anthem. Um and uh and it is it is their most famous song. And this Rebel song is a pretty pretty heavy song along those lines. Um just to read a little more here, also that year the Vile Tones released it for single Screaming Fist. Uh, backed with Possibilities and Rebel on their own label, Vile Records. So there's there's three songs. 78, they had another single. Now, the problem with the Vile Tones, uh, and this is why we always put them down, I but also, you know, we were from BC, so Toronto was kind of the enemy at that time. Um, but, uh, but... It it ticked us off because you know if you're if you're from a small town in nowhere like we were from Trail BC no big towns anywhere close by you've heard the story a million times we went to Spokane to buy our records right or Vancouver, um, but really um, we measured everything by having albums out and that's why that's why the Vile Tones were not really on our radar because all they ever did was singles they never put out an album in 83 I think they had a live album out or something but obviously that's super late and who cares about a live album um but the cool thing about the Vile Tones to to remember and to uh, recall the memory of is that they were probably even more notorious and legendary of any punk band across Canada because uh, Steve Leckie was really extreme, like an early version version of G.G. Uh, Allen or or a little bit like a Steve Bader's from from the um, from the Dead Boys or an Iggy Pop, right? That's where they all got it from in the first place. Um, but uh, but no, the Vile Tones were quite notorious, and the fact of the matter is, you know, they played a lot of gigs, and those gigs were very remembered, and they did have these singles out. So 
so they were in your face as an early punk band. Um, and here you hear that they're playing with the diodes and this is mid 1977. So it's not that late for punk. And like I say, the diodes was a, was a pretty, pretty heavy band as well. Um, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here on History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 103, The Start of Punk in Canada. Nice formal title for you there, but I but I like that this is an actual history episode. Um, now, let's play our third track and we'll discuss. This is Teenage Head with Top Down. All right, so I wanted to play these guys next because um, obviously they were mentioned as part of that Canadian Punk Showcase show, which would have been a pretty darn good show because um, you know this is this is three three of the heavier punk bands. They're all from uh, well, two are from Toronto, and Teenage Head, who you just heard, is from Hamilton, which is just like. Um, basically like what would that be uh, uh 50 kilometers um 30, 30 miles down the road um from toronto uh towards buffalo pretty big city you know 300,000 400,000 uh steel town uh so it's like your pittsburgh of canada i suppose uh cleveland of canada um so it's a it's a it's a lunch bucket town it was very very polluted for a lot of years much better now um but teenage head were your original punk band um, from there. Uh, but this is from the self-titled album from 1979. And, you know, we in Trail, I mean, I got this album as a new release in 1979 and was kind of disappointed with it because it's not that heavy a punk album. And we're already up into 1979. You could argue that punk's kind of over by this time anyways. Um, this, this uh, you know, the heavier version of punk. We're almost moving into, I always count I always count the likes of uh, of you know mid period Sham sixty nine and definitely UK subs with another kind of blues a different kind of blues whatever it's called uh, as the as the first uh, as as the first inklings of hardcore punk almost like a return to punk and then it's actually kind of heavier UK subs that album always is a, is sort of a landmark to me so by seventy nine. Um, you, you're getting a little bit of a start of that, but you're also getting a lot of more uh, new wavy bands, new wave and post-punk. Um, but this is a bit of an anomaly. As you can hear in this song, Top Down, this is the first song on that self-titled album. Um, this band is a little bit more retro. Uh, they've got a little New York Dolls to them, a little Cramps to them, a little Ramones. I even find a little The Gods, you know, the... Uh, you know, the, the, the heavy band on Casablanca that had a little boogie woogie to them. Teenage Head, this album has a little bit of that as well. And if you look at the album cover of this, they've got that retro kind of a rocker Elvis Presley look to them as well. A little bit of cramps to, uh, you know, the lead, the lead singer of the band, his name is Frankie Venom and he was a real wild guy too. He's, he's now passed on. Um, but Again, um, here they are in 79, so it's it's super late. But again, this is a band, as you heard, they were on that early gig. And Frankie Venom was a real firecracker as a front man as well. Um, and he looked really kind of extreme and punky and rough. Um, so, so again, you've got a situation where 
in the public consciousness of us and Trail or us now 40 years later, 40, is that 40 or 50, 40 years later, um, you know, as, as, a, as not making a record in 77 or 78 and then putting out this record, which is actually well recorded, but it's also very varied and it has, uh, like I say, the, the rock and roll boogie woogie uh, thing to it as well. A bit of Ramones, a bit of pop, some heavy songs. It's recorded quite well and recorded quite powerfully as well. Um, but, but you know, in terms of being heavy punk, and if, uh, if you know, if any of you are on board with me of, uh, of liking punk, and then if any of you are on board with me of, uh, of liking more than, than not the heavy punk, this is one that I won't recommend as much as, say, the Diodes album that we listened to. Um, but yes, from... And then, and then in 1980, they put on an album called Frantic City, which I also got as a new release, and it was even less heavy uh, than this one. So, so definitely, this is a band that's not really in there. But granted, I bet in '77 and '78 they came off. You know, if you went to a show of theirs, which I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't around here. Probably wasn't even old enough, really. Anyways, um, they probably would have been a lot heavier and a lot more convincing as a punk band, along with the Vile Tones and the Diodes, which were both on that CBGB show. All right. Let's move on. Take a listen to this. This is the Subhumans with Death to the Sickoids. Death has come to the Sickoids at last. Peace will become a thing of the past. The Sickoids are the armies and the guns in the grass. They're going to destroy us and the guns in the lies. We must steal them. All right, so now we're getting up into where we were on board and loving it and had something to be proud of out of Canada besides the diodes. We're, we're, unfortunately, we're all the way up into 1980 now. Uh, but this is a band from Vancouver. They only made one album, The Subhumans, not to be confused with the, with the UK kind of, uh, what are they like? Are they hardcore, but a little post-punk as well? Maybe a little bit gothy? I don't know what the UK subhuman sounds like, frankly. I should check those guys out, and uh, I, I bet I would like them. I think they made a lot of albums. Um, but anyways, this is the subhumans from Vancouver. They only made the one album called Incorrect Thoughts. It's a drop-dead classic. It's got the iconic shot of them riding the bus in Vancouver. Um, a lot of this album is pretty heavy. This is this is quite a heavy punk album, start to finish. Some really good riffs on it, some some spirited performances. Uh, it's it's fast. It sounds uh, you know, slightly on the edge and chaotic, like you can hear in this song. Uh, what a great song. This was a real anthem. They had Slave to My Dick on it, which was was an anthem and uh what are what are a couple of the other ones here um i've got a um i've got a uh, cd reissue where they redid the album cover and it's called pissed off with good reason uh maybe actually no i i think yeah i think this is a studio album collection but um urban gorillas was a really cool one i almost went with that one uh here um dead at birth inquisition day firing squad model of stupidity um See this this um this compilation actually kicks off with death to the sickoids and I think it's a deep album track on the original album Subhuman Thoughts but um so this was the really good heavy uh Vancouver punk band there was also the Point of Sticks which was not heavy at all they were more along see Canada had a bunch of these Toronto in particular and we always put them down they had a lot of these bands that were trying to be too new wavy and arty like um 
like your Blondie and Talking Heads and uh, and television. Uh, the Demix was pretty heavy uh, for the day, um, but uh, but there was too much of uh, what are the B girls? I think there was the models or something like that. Um, so Vancouver though. So Vancouver, along those lines, had pointed sticks, which were um, not as good as their reputation. Um, you know, we bought the early singles and the album. Uh, the the singles were pretty good. Um, they were always considered a little buzzcocks like, but they're but they're a little light. Um, the other one we had at the time, I should find those compilations because there are probably are another couple pretty good heavy punk bands on there. But I remember there was the U Jerks, um, which was more uh, a little complicated, like a Perubu type band. Um, but but the Drop Dead classic um, from this era uh, from Vancouver, as far as I'm concerned, is the, the Subhumans Incorrect Thoughts. Check out that album. They only made one album. Um, and uh, and it's a really cool punk classic 1980. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, take a listen to this. This is our fifth and last selection here on The Start of Punk in Canada, episode 103. This is DOA with Get Out of My Life. Okay, so DOA is absolutely the most famous punk band Vancouver ever put out, uh, you know, in the early nascent days of punk. Uh, This is from their 1980 full-length album called Something Better Change. Uh, They have another absolute classic album from 1981 called Hardcore 81. Um, Partially because of that title, Hardcore 81, they are considered Canada's first hardcore punk band. Um, but I would argue that um, if you add up the sum total of the Hardcore 81 album, the Something Better Change album, and the Subhumans Incorrect Thoughts album, they're pretty much all in the same ballpark. Subhumans are almost as hardcore as DOA, which isn't particularly hardcore, and the D- and DOA is not, like I say, particularly hardcore either. So, so it's almost like both of these bands are... Um, are kind of a cross between regular old punk and uh, and proper hardcore as you get out of the oi movement in in the UK moving into the more uh, the more militant hardcore uh, of as you slide into 80 and 81 and then you've got the um the hardcore scene that's coming out of Los Angeles Los Angeles is a lot like is a lot like Canada, unfortunately, too, in that uh, they kind of missed the punk boat. I mean, their 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 punk history for '77 and '78 is pretty light on the ground, um, and it's it's not much more impressive than than Canada in total. And and I could almost compare those two scenes because California has the same population as Canada. So if you think of Canada as this as this country with the same population as California, kind of, you know, mid, mid 30 millions. Um, you know, it's got the big city in San Francisco. Um, but like I say, um, you know, germs and who else we got dead Kennedys, um, you know, X, but X is not very punk. Um, so, so LA didn't have much going on, uh, as much as Canada didn't have much going on. So anyways, back to Canada. So DOA, um, 
part of the problem here, and, and Joey Shithead, the singer for DOA, has got quite a cool hardcore voice, and I think that's another reason we were, you know, consider they're considered hardcore. But both of these albums are pretty heavy, pretty fast. Something Better Change, 1980, Hardcore 81, 81. But then they they kind of uh, slacked and had, you know, 45s and EPs and stuff like that. They didn't have another full-length party until 1985 with Let's Wreck the Party. The cool thing about DOA is that they've continued on and made lots of records and been around and been politically active. They were, they've been very great for all sorts of charity causes all through the years. They are our quintessential punk rock band from the old days moving forward. Uh, you know, and moving forward, Calgary had its scenes and Montreal had a scene that was growing and Toronto had more bands and you got the likes of No Means No. That's another band I want to probably put into this episode where we're going to look at. I won't give it away, but we'll look at a, a few later bands in another episode. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that essentially sums it up here. Um, really, the early punk history of uh, of uh, Canadian punk. So, like I say, it doesn't start till '77, which is kind of okay, mid '77, I suppose. Um, and it doesn't really get all that particularly heavy beyond the diodes until 1980. Um, so that's that's pretty late. We got four whole years of of punk going on there. So um, so that's it. If you like this show, if you like this episode, uh, and want to support future episodes, please go to Co. Fee rhymes with no fee.com, kofi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button, buy me a coffee or a pint. On that front this week, I'd like to thank uh, Joe Becht, uh, Bel Air Expediting, uh, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Bruce Campbell, Andrew Clark, Scott Dexter, Dina Fox, Jonathan Jordan, Jamie Laszlo, Kevin Latham, and Augustin Garcia de Paredes. You can also go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. I know I've been promising that UK shipment's going to come. Uh, uh, it actually is going to come... Uh, Probably mid this week, I would think, um, which means I'll have the Uriah Heap visual biography, the big coffee table book. Uh, I still have a supply of the Thin Lizzy one, the Blue Oyster Cult one, and the Van Halen one, which is rare. It's hard for me to get these UK books, and sometimes they show up and they're not in great shape, so I, I have a few copies that I have to sell off as Hertz, uh, unfortunately. Um, but I do have a full supply of all three of those. And like I say, I will have the heap one. So that's martinpopoff.com. Uh, there you go. Um, please go play some of this Canadian punk. Like I say, it's Apache history. Uh, it gets better later. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's some there's some great albums. I have no problem uh, recommending here. The DOA, the Subhumans, absolutely. And that first Diodes album. Go play some punk. Talk to you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 